Well, Merry Christmas. All right, that was strong. You guys are so much better at that than last night. I just got to tell you. But I think it's because it's legit Christmas Eve, right? So uh, thank you for coming. It is, it is really our honor to host you at Redeemer City Church on this Christmas Eve. We know that you could be a lot of places doing a lot of things with your family. And we really do count it an honor and a privilege to have you here tonight. And if you're a guest of ours, it's your first time. Uh, we're really excited that you're here. Our goal is not to create just a church where you can attend, but a church where you can truly experience the presence of God. And uh, Isaiah tells us of this difference where God chooses to manifest himself, where Isaiah's prayer was that he would tear open the heavens and come down. That's what we want to do. We want to not just attend church, but we want to create a clear pathway for you to know God and find freedom like Pastor Jake already talked about. So we're really excited that you're here and uh, we're excited about all that God's doing uh, and may do in your life tonight. We believe that uh, our lives don't connect all the dots until we involve God because he was the creator of life. He created all that there is. And we worship him for that. What I wanted to do this evening is start by reading you the Christmas story. We uh, heard from Veronica, read Luke's account, the Gospel of Luke's account of the Christmas story. And I just thought it would be good for us to read Matthew's account. So the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, here's what the Bible says. It says, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel which is translated, God, with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. That's the Christmas story. Not exactly how you or I might choose as king And Lord of the universe to enter the earth as a humble baby in a dirty manger in a feeding trough to poor parents who were away from home and there was no room for them as you know the Christmas story to go in the end. I would have some different ideas about how I would come. But as we consider this story and take just a couple minutes to reflect on it tonight, and maybe for some of you, for the first time, take a serious look at your own life in light of the Christmas story, I would just have one hope for each of us tonight. That either in this message or in a song or in just a minute when you light that candle that was on your seat, that even if just for a second, 
you would know that God is with you. That God is with us. Christmas Eve is a time where we take some time. Many of us, the only time all year that we're willing to slow down and remember some of the things that matter in our life. Our family, our friends, taking some time off to rest, drinking eggnog, and making an intentional move to give more than we receive. We slow down. And maybe for you tonight, you would fit into the category that the nostalgia of the Christmas season is a reminder for you to make a pilgrimage of sorts back to church. Maybe you grew up in the faith and walked away from it and for whatever reason, uh, it's just not been a part of your life. Wherever you are, maybe you worship Jesus every Sunday with us. Wherever you are on that spectrum, we're glad you're here. We don't think that it was an accident that you found your way here. And our prayer is that if you have wandered, that tonight might be the beginning of your journey to Jesus, your journey back to Jesus. But as with most important decisions in life, it begins on that journey, doesn't it? You didn't arrive at who you are tonight by accident. Your entire life has shaped this moment, has shaped Your worldview has shaped who you are and shaped who you've become. It's literally everything that has happened to you has gone into the making of who you are. Just think about some of them. The parents you have, the family you have, middle school, college. Everything has shaped who you are. For some of you, you might be here tonight and it's abuse or a broken relationship or a lost loved one. And that is shaping the way you see Christmas. Even a modern philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, who was famous, he became famous for announcing that God is dead. Even he said this, we'll put the quote up on the screen for you. At bottom, every man knows that he is a unique being, the like of which can appear only once on this earth. By no extraordinary chance will such a marvelous piece of diversity in unity as he is ever be put together a second time. And that's true. There's nobody like you. There's nobody who's been shaped into the person that you are. Built into the human fabric is this curiosity, this wonder This wonder in our souls that makes us ask questions like, what happens when I die? Regardless of what your worldview is tonight, that's a question that we would like to have answered. It's a question that causes us to wonder. Maybe it's wonder and curiosity that causes us to comfort ourselves and comfort each other when we lose someone and say things like, Grandma's watching over us. Built into the fabric of who we are is this desire to believe that there's something beyond what we can comprehend. Even something as simple as standing on Clearwater Beach and looking out at the vast expanse of the ocean at sunset and recognizing how insignificant and small you are and wondering, is there more to life than I'm currently 
experiencing. The Bible talks about it, of course, one of the wisdom books in the Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter 311. Here's what here's what God tells us about that, that he has made everything beautiful in its time. He also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. This wonder is in all of our hearts. It was put there by God. And we feel small. But that same wonder can be deceiving, can it? That same curiosity can be deceiving. We've all been victim of wanting something so badly and experiencing the letdown when it didn't deliver. Are there any married people in the room? Oh, you chuckle. When you get engaged, the hope and wonder of what is to come and what life will be like is incredible. And the, the euphoric feeling of wedding day and what we call the honeymoon period. And if you're engaged tonight, I don't mean to squash your bubble. But then you do life and you recognize that this person cannot satisfy what is going on inside of me. We understand that. Kids are the same way. If you're a parent, you understand that. You can't wait to have kids and then you have them. You're like, oh, Lord, help me. (laughs) We get it. Because there's something in us that wants what is just out of reach. And we look for it. And we search for it. The, the, The Bible talks about it again in... The prophet Haggai, he wrote this in Haggai 1, 5, and 6, and it describes what we experience in life perfectly. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. I would encourage you tonight, give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. He's just explaining our experience when we chase our own way, when we chase what we can get and what we can gather. It always leaves us wanting for more. It can't satisfy truly our deepest desires. The things of this world leave us longing for more. And you're in church tonight, so I realize that many of us are Christians, but I also recognize that if you aren't a follower of Jesus, you hear these things, and maybe you agree with what I've said to this point, but we also recognize that you probably have some really big questions, and we affirm that, and we we understand that, but we also believe that Jesus has some really good questions, really good answers to your really big questions. And since I can't cover everything in this two hours and 26 minutes that you'll be listening to me... Relax, I'm kidding. I obviously can't cover everything that you would have a question about tonight. But what I can do is tell you about the one difference that this story in Matthew chapter 1 makes in the world. That this simple story about Jesus being born to a virgin named Mary in a stable in Bethlehem, in Nazareth, 2,000 years ago, why it's made all the difference for so many millions and millions and millions of people.
including many of us sitting in this room right now. You see, because there's a significant difference about what Jesus brings and offers you than any other religion in the world. You see, every religion is bringing us this ability, this option, this path to work our way to God, to work our way into a relationship with God or whatever it is that that religion believes in. But there's a detail in the story of Matthew chapter 1 in the Christmas story, in the story of the birth of Jesus that tells us the difference. Look again at verse 23 of Matthew chapter 1. It says, The virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him, they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. In that little detail, in that reality, everything changes. Because every religion lays out this path for you to work your way to God or to work your way to heaven. But in this Christmas story, the God of the Bible presents a completely different path to know God. In Jesus, we have God coming to us. In Jesus, the God we wonder about came to earth to be with us. To walk where we walk, to experience what we experience, to live a life that we could only hope to live on our behalf and go to the cross to die a death that we couldn't die. What do I mean by that? There's another detail, just two sentences earlier that tell us why Jesus came, why he had to come to earth as a baby in verse 21. It says this, she will give birth to a son and you're to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Truth is, all of us have a little darkness in our life, don't we? We all experience darkness in various ways in life. In your marriage, with your kids, with your job, you can have it with your emotions. You can have things going on inside of you that you can't even figure out the root of. We all experience darkness. The Bible calls it sin. The Bible tells us that the world is broken and you don't have to spend a lot of time looking around the world to recognize that the world is broken. It's a broken place filled with broken people. And you and I are some of those broken people. But the difference that the Christmas story offers is that in the darkness there is light. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, verse 12. He said this little phrase. He said, I am the light of the world. When Jesus was born into this world, light was born into this world. Hope was given to this world. And tonight, we sit here 2,000 years later on the heels of so many millions and billions of people who have been worshiping him for thousands of years. We sit in, in that trail and we worship that Savior because of what He came to do for us. Jesus looks at everyone and says, I have light. He says, I have light for your marriage. I have light for your job. I have light for your health. I have light for your kids. He has light for you tonight. He has light for you if you don't believe in Jesus. 
He has light for you if you've believed in him for 50 years and you're struggling right now. He has light for every human being. All you have to do to get out of the darkness is let him in. The first words that God ever spoke. Think about this. The first words that God ever spoke into existence was let there be light. Because apart from him, there was only darkness. As you sit here tonight, I want you to know that apart from Jesus being born as a baby, you were left in darkness. But because he was born, and what we celebrate on this night is that the king was born and lived and died and rose again so that you could have light. Let there be light. I looked up the word light in the dictionary and it's really quite simple. It says to allow something to enter. You see, God leaves that decision up to each one of us. The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. And on Christmas, we're reminded of this baby boy that was born. Not just any baby boy, but Emmanuel. God with us. And that's what we celebrate tonight. We celebrate the hope that we have in Jesus. And all you have to do is let it in. There's a candle sitting near you. And I just want you to grab it. Going to have the lights turned off, and when the band come up, they're going to they're going to lead us in another song. But I just want you to think about light for a second. One of the really amazing things about light is that it's amazing what just a little bit of light can do, isn't it? Just a little bit of light. You see, because darkness. Is scary. Darkness is disorienting. Darkness is unknown. But when light comes into darkness, light overcomes darkness. And so wherever you are tonight, I want you to know that in this moment, light overcomes darkness. So if you know Jesus... But you just can't hear him in your life. I want you to know that all you have to do is let light in. See, because as I take this light and I begin to light other people's light, what happens to the light? The light begins to spread. And that's a picture of the church because what God has done for us, we share with others. And what we've been a part of for some 2,000 years is the fact that the light came into the world and the darkness cannot overcome it. And so as you consider that tonight, I want to encourage you, if you've never opened your heart to the light that Jesus has for you, we want to encourage you to do that tonight. It's really that simple. It's really as simple as opening your heart to the light that Jesus brings. The light is a person. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. The God of the universe, he calls himself a father. 
and he gave up his son so that you could have life. And that's what we celebrate in the Christmas story. God with us. So why don't you stand with me? And the band's going to lead us in the traditional song, Silent Night. And I just want you to think about the words of that song as you sing. And as you hold this light, that through that baby boy, you can have light and life.